in order to not compare myself to other people, I constantly, constantly look at what I've done. I look at the training sessions I've done and I'm like, wow, I did that. You know, I look at the mm. hardest training sessions I can think of, um, like hill workouts or repeat 300s. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I did that workout. And that was so hard that I came on top. Hello, and welcome to Before the Lights podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Wilson. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Georgianne Moline, an Olympian and world champion at the 400-meter hurdles. She talks about how she overcame a hard childhood life, her college experience through injuries and even wanting to quit, and how she overcame that, and other topics ranging from nutrition to comparison and how to be the best version of yourself and accomplish great things. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you do, please share this on your social media outlets, your Instagram stories. Just be sure to tag me and Georgian. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to it. Hi, Georgian. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, no, it's awesome to be here. So thank you. Yeah. So you've been pretty busy lately. Tell us kind of what you've been up to. Yeah, so I just got done. I just got home from USA Championships, um, which was a lot of fun. You know, my family was there and everything. And then, but before that, I was in Europe for a couple meets, um, kind of back and forth. And now I'm back in town for about three days, four days, actually, until I have to head back to Europe. Um, So it'll be a lot of, you know, crossing the ocean. (laughs) But yeah, so just been kind of busy with that. You know, it's in the middle of my season and um, it'll go until about the first week of September. So just kind of, you know, staying focused and um, on top of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so busy, and we were like we were talking about that's that's a lot of flying. So just tell us um, how how this last USA Championships went for you. Yeah, you know, from the outside looking in, it went great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I took second, um, but it, I had a little stumble after the tenth hurdle, which cost me. You know, but at the same time, that's why you hold a race. You know, nothing's mm-hmm. ever guaranteed. You know, you might be the favorite to win, and if you know, it doesn't turn out like that all the time. So for me, um, a lot of great things happened because we had two rounds and, um, I, the first half of my race was just awesome. And that's something that I've just been consistent with. And it showed that even at that stage, you know, I was able to still stay consistent with it. So that was always a good thing and trusting myself and my stride pattern through the turn and coming home. Um, but yeah, like I said, just little mishaps, but I have family in Illinois and in Missouri that came to watch and that was just awesome. Having my coach and my family, my mom came. Um, so that whole aspect of it was really exciting, but there's definitely more in the tank. It wasn't my best race by any means. And you know, it's kind of unfortunate because we work so hard to do well on like one day, you know, certain mm-hmm. days and yeah. when it doesn't come together the way you want there's a lot of emotion behind it. You know, it's more than just, oh, you know, I worked so hard and uh, the days come and I want to do great. It's like, there's a lot of stresses and pressures that we put on ourselves. And I feel like sometimes other people put on us as well. Mm-hmm. And so when you're done racing, it's just a whirlwind of emotions. You're happy, yeah. but you're also kind of, you know, you're also relieved, but sometimes you're sad. <laughs> so yeah. I think just um, dealing with that the day after. So yesterday I was just kind of exhausted (laughs) and I think it was more just from all the emotions yeah I know that's what I was gonna 
say is I feel like every sport kind of there's a physical demand but I feel like especially in track and running um, a few other sports but it's you have to be so on on race day how is your mentality when it comes to race day and then we can talk about too what it's like post-race kind of dealing with all that stuff yeah you know it's changed a lot over the years um but Race day is definitely, I have a lot of nerves going on. Mm-hmm. So right when I wake up, you know, I usually wake up a couple of times in the middle of the night just yeah. from nerves. And then you kind of don't want to eat because you're nervous. Mm-hmm. But I know that that's the key is I need to eat a really big breakfast, a healthy breakfast. And that's the, at the start of that, of my race day. So for me, it's just, um, I always go back to people who, love and support me. I always look to them for just like reassurance. I'll text my mom. I'll text my coach if he's not with me. Um, or even if he's, you know, with me, I'll just shoot him a text like, Hey coach, I'm nervous. Talk Mm -hmm. to me, you know, and I also Mm -hmm. see a therapist. So I'll text her. And so they just give me the reassurance, like, Hey, Georgian, you're ready. You're strong. Um, you're prepared. And Mm -hmm. so that always gives me that extra confidence boost that I need for that day. Like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm strong. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm these things. And so that's definitely something I always, always do on race day. Um, just, you know, hearing them tell me that win, lose, whatever happens, I just have to go and give my best effort. I don't have to be perfect, but my effort does have to be perfect, you know, as far as like just giving it everything I have and there's no way I can lose or fail. Um, and you never know what, you know, something great can come from it. So I just always have them just remind me of that. Yeah. Um, post-race how do you deal with it whether it's a victory or if you know like what just happened maybe you didn't um end exactly how you wanted to uh what does it look like after that the mentality after that yeah so for me I never look at races as good or bad I always look at them as data Mm -hmm. so if I have a great race there's still things from great races that you can take and I'll write a list of things that I absolutely love that I did whether it was my preparation whether it was like me controlling like my breathing um you know when I get really nervous we tend to like breathe really fast so keep my heart rate down or whether I executed the first hurdle properly or whatever that is um and let's say it didn't go as planned I always take things that I want to do better like oh you know what I I just I got really nervous so I didn't um do my normal routine of like you know whatever that is whatever that routine is for you know that day Mm -hmm. and whatever so um everything's just data. I never look at it. And I'm like, Oh, when people say, how was your race? I'm like, you know, it didn't go as planned, but I learned a lot or, yeah. you know, it didn't go as planned, but gosh, I did this really good. I'll never say, Oh, it was just terrible. It was a bad race. Yeah. Cause there's, I don't know. I don't think there's that such thing, you know, like totally. unless you just go out there and you don't care and you just don't run, yeah. <laughs> or don't run like yourself. Um, exactly. there's always something you can learn from it. Totally. And it's sometimes when you're nervous, you're like, why am I nervous? If I go out there and do my best, you know, there's so many uncontrollables that um, you want to control. But at the end of the day, you can just control your effort. And that at least gives you a little bit of a better mentality towards it instead of just being so nervous, like a nervous wreck. I know for me in my sport as a goalkeeper, it's kind of just um it's almost a solo position back there and so when I was young I would get so nervous leading up to games just because I felt like if I make one mistake like that's it kind of thing yeah we think it's like the end all yeah exactly and so just growing through that I think that's a huge lesson yeah and I think more so 
it's the pressure we put on ourselves. Because if yeah. you think about it, there's really no pressure that people are putting on us. It's it's our perception of things. You know, mm-hmm. it's we go out there and we're like, okay, you know, I'm going to let my mom down. I'm going to let my family down. Really? Yeah. We could never let our families down yeah, ever, you know? Totally. And it's, that's athletics for you. Sometimes you have a great day and sometimes it's just not your day. It doesn't go in your favor. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really more pressure we put on ourselves because we think it's life or death and it yeah. never is. Totally, totally. And I guess you could even transfer that over into outside of athletics. I mean, there are some things that are truly life or death, but in the grand yeah. scheme of things, kind of day-to-day stuff, I mean... If you just give it your best effort, like we were talking about, that's definitely the most important thing. So It really is, yeah. yeah. You never want to look back and have what ifs or shoulda, coulda, wouldas because this window is so small and the opportunity is like so, you know, it's so small in this window and you, you're you going to look back, you know, everything's just temporary. Like those feelings, those emotions, they're temporary and they're going to go away and then you're going to be kicking yourself, you know, being like, gosh, why didn't I just have fun? Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't I just go out there and have fun? I like, can totally. do what I know what I know how to do with these, this thing, you know? Yeah, totally. But, and yeah, just out of curiosity, really quick, you mentioned your big race day breakfast. What does nutrition yeah. play? A ro- how does nutrition play a role in your life? And what is, you know, maybe a normal breakfast for you look like or something uh, for people that are looking to get better at that? Hone in on that. Yeah. So for me, nutrition is huge. I mean, I've come a long way because I used to not really understand the benefits of like eating healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's, it's everything, you know, to me, I, I'm not someone who, you know, I have, I have sweets and I have desserts because I like them. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we all deserve a piece of cake here and there. Mm-hmm. But, um, for me, you know, I always look at my plate and I always make sure I have, you know, whether it's a grain, whether it's, you know, couscous mm-hmm. or quinoa or rice. And then I always have protein, whether that's chicken, um, fish, beef, I mean, whatever that is. Um, and I'm sponsored by a meat company. So it's, I have no excuse not to eat <laughs> meat. Like that's so nice. Stay classy. They send me everything. Yeah. So I have good meats to eat and then always have like a veggie. Um, I try to add like a fat, like, um, avocado. Oh yeah. I use olive oil when I cook my things. I try not to I don't really season my stuff too, too much, but yeah, I just kind of take a look at my plate. Sometimes I'll add in beets because beets have a lot of benefits. So kind of throw those on my plate. Um, Yeah, I always just look at it. I'm like, okay, do I have everything, you know, just everything (laughs) like on the food pyramid? Totally. (laughs) Yeah. And so like a race day breakfast for me, definitely, it's weird. I don't really like eggs, but I eat them. (laughs) They're they're okay. They've grown on me. Yeah. (laughs) But um, they're a good source of protein. So I always have eggs and then... Um, I'll have oatmeal cause it's, it's, you know, it's filling, mm-hmm. um, especially on race day, you know, you don't eat a whole bunch, kind of skip lunch yeah. if you run in the middle of the day. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'll have fruit and then I'll do like, you know, my eggs, maybe I'll have like spinach and add onions and bell peppers and stuff like that, like a mm-hmm. scramble. Um, sometimes potatoes. I like yogurt. Yeah. yeah it kind of just changes. And you know, when you go to Europe in these places, sometimes <laughs> they don't have what you're used to. So you have to, you have to adjust and adapt. So mm-hmm. for me, I just try to get what I can when I go to these places. But when I'm home, it's, it's pretty consistent, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm a big lover of avocado. So I have that <laughs> with like every meal, whether it's avocado toast or just sliced avocado on yeah. the side. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's such a good way to look at it too, because sometimes, I mean, I was the same way. I'm super focused on nutrition now, but before I wasn't, and I thought it was just going to be this big feat, but it's almost as simple as you said it, you know, just making sure you have a good lean protein and grain and, 
vegetables. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's definitely an important thing, especially in athletics and especially for um, people like you running and stuff so much. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's like we ask a lot of our bodies, yeah. you know, but it's like you can't ask a lot of your body if, if you don't help recover it and feed it the energy and nutrients that it needs in order to perform the way you want it to, yeah. you know? So it's it's so important. I think, I think people kind of, you know, sometimes they look at nutrition like, well, I, you know, or my favorite phrase is people say, well, you can get away with it. You run for a living. I'm like, no, it's not about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need my body to, you know, totally um, at the top of its game. <laughs> totally. It's the fuel that keeps you going, not just for fun kind of thing. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So going all the way back, kind of just tell us where you started and, and how your life was and how, what led up to now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. Me and my mom, it's always been, um, my parents got divorced at a really young age and I, I have two brothers and a sister, but it's pretty much been me and my mom my whole life. Um, and growing up, you know, definitely, yeah, it wasn't, e- it wasn't easy at all. Like, um, well, at one point we were living in our car for, you know, three months, four months, mm-hmm. um, you know, in and out of hotels. So you can shower and like, we go to the park cause it was free. So that's where I had birthday parties or that's where mm-hmm. I just, you know, I went to McDonald's playpens cause that was something to do. And yeah. so go to the public library was my favorite thing. It was free. There was air conditioning <laughs> and you know, you can read books and hang out. So that's kind of like, you know, but my mom is like this, my mom is like the person I look up to. She's my best friend, my role model, my rock, my everything. Mm-hmm. And she, I never knew we were struggling because my mom never allowed me to believe we were struggling. You know, my life, I thought was just awesome. And I, little did I know my mom was just, she didn't know how she was going to feed me, you know? And like, yeah, it wasn't easy at all. But, um, you know, growing up, my mom was always like, I'm going to give you the best life. And I remember her saying like, when you go to college, but she didn't know how she was going to pay for college, but she would always tell me when you go to college, cause you're going to college, you know? And I was like, okay, like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Um, but throughout my life, my mom always never made me have a job or anything like that. But she always told me I had to be involved in something. I was a really shy kid. And she's always like, you got to do something, just a sport, a club, anything. You got to do something, Georgie. So, um, I was like in the chess club. I was, (laughs) I did cross country. I did T-ball when I was really, really young. I did volleyball. And then when high school hit, you know, that's when they were offered track um, at my school. And so for me, I was really shy. I was kind of dorky. I am very opposite of what I am now. Like I'm really outgoing now. And back then I was just like shy. Like you could not get me to talk. So track, I was like, okay, first off, no one gets kicked off the track team. So there's no way I can fail here. Like I can, I'm going to make this team because everyone makes the team. Um, but also it was like the social aspect. Like I wanted to meet people and have friends. And so for me, I was like, all right, I'm going to do track. And you know, when I was younger too, I'd race people on like the street, you know, and I was like, wait, I'm kind of fast. And so when high school hit, it was something for me to do. And people started to know my name because I was fast. So people, you know, like some of the popular girls and that was important to me. I don't know why in high school, but the popular girls were like, Oh, Georgian, they knew my name because I was fast. And I was like, okay, I could get used to this, you know? So (laughs) I, I would say that I joined track for the wrong reasons, but it ended up being such great reasons. And it ended up like really changed my life. Yeah. Track like saved my life. Um, I, yeah, I ended up doing really well in high school and I won 
um, state titles my junior and my senior year Mm -hmm. and I went on to get a a scholarship so Mm -hmm. um which helped my mom because she didn't know how she was going to pay for college but she was going to do whatever it took so Mm -hmm. thankfully I was able to do that myself um Mm -hmm. and so yeah I went to the University of Arizona and I ran there and um you know I got hurt (laughs) I got hurt like every year Mm -hmm. and it was not what I thought it was going to be because I was like what the heck? I, you know, in high school, I won that, I won state titles. And yeah. why am I not doing good here? Like, I'm not, I'm like the least athletic person on the team. I was just, <laughs> everyone, I'm like, how has everyone just, how is everyone so much better than me? I didn't understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I wanted to quit <laughs> wow. my freshman year. I went to my dorm and I was like, mom, I'm not doing this. Like, I can't even get through these workouts. I, there's no way, um, I can do this. And then I got injured and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And that was like a huge, you know, it was like a huge breaking point mentally for me. Um, so yeah, there was totally a lot going on. Um, a lot in your story that, uh, kind of made you who you are today. It's so impressive that you kind of only started in high school and didn't even know that this was going to be your life, but now, you know, you're an Olympian. So Kind of just expand on what it meant to you to kind of dive into track and get that scholarship to be able to go to school, even though maybe you weren't aware that that was something that'd be super hard for your mom. Yeah. So when I got that scholarship, I, I was just like, wow, this is a huge burden. Like my mom, I've always wanted to just like, I love my mom so much and Mm -hmm. I, I never wanted to put anything on her shoulders, like any burdens, you know? And so for me, it was, it was so relieving. I was like, wow. Okay. So all I planned on doing was running in college just to pay for, you know, to pay for my school. And, um, I, I, if it wasn't for my coach at U of A, who I actually am still with, there's no way I would have gotten through that time because he, I told my mom, so when I was in high school, I kind of reached out to some schools and I was like, Hey, like ASU was a place I wanted to go, you know? And I was like, will you guys just come watch me? Please watch me. Like, um, I I don't have a hurdle coach. Like, you know, Hmm. I'm just kind of doing this thing. I just want you to watch me. And they're like, no, sorry. We have our people. Hmm. And then coach Harvey, he, I remember talking to him, he came on a home visit and he's like, yeah, you know, I believe in you. Cause I told my mom, I was like, I just want someone to believe in me, mom. Like I need a lot of help, but I I can do this. I'm determined. Like I'll work hard. (laughs) Um, and so Coach Harvey told me he believed in me. And in that moment, I was like, all right, I'm a wildcat. And so, yeah. um, <laughs> so in my first year, yeah, I just, I worked my butt off and it didn't seem to, I didn't know if it was for me, but I just, um, I worked my butt off and then I got injured and that was so hard. But I remember one guy telling me, he's like, you know what, Georgian, everything happens for a great reason. I was like, yeah, you know, things happen for a good reason. He's like, no, 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 a great reason. You need to remember that everything happens for a great reason. And I was like, <laughs> all right, like whatever. And, you know, I can talk more about those too, but like those end up, those injuries ended up being huge blessings for me because in that time, it's like, you get hungrier, you know, you get injured and you're just like, you watch your teammates and everyone train and you're just like, I want to be out there. I don't care what workout it is. I don't care if it's the hardest workout (laughs) ever. Like, give it to me, coach. I just want to be out there. Yeah. And that's, that's what that kind of did for me my freshman year, because like I said, at the beginning, I wanted to quit. I was like, I'm not as good as these girls. Like, oh my, I was comparing my successes to theirs. Yeah. And that is like the most detrimental thing you can do to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Ever. <laughs> totally. T- 
Tell us more about how the injuries happened and then kind of that mentality switch that you were just talking about, like how you went from maybe not wanting to compete anymore to just wanting to be out there every single day. Yeah. um, You know, that was a great time for me to really focus on the mental aspect of, hey, Georgianne, you you don't give up. Like you're resilient. You can come back from this. You're going to come back from it better and stronger. And that's kind of what I did. I came back and I got, you know, I had a great next year. It was okay. You know, um, I was beating my times from high school, which that's all I had to compare it to. So, um, I was happy. Um, but it honestly wasn't until my junior year of college, that injury that really, I think changed my life. Um, my junior year was 2012 and that was the year of the Olympics and going into nationals, I was the favorite to win because all year I had been undefeated. Um, and, but before that, after indoor season, I had pulled my PCL, which is behind my knee. Mm. And when I had to sit out, I had to sit out that, oh yeah, that indoor season. Yeah. So, um, it was, it broke my heart. Cause I was like, no, like, come on, this isn't happening again. By this time, this is my third injury. Okay. Oh. So I had gotten hurt my first year and then I had a red shirt freshman year and then my sophomore year and then this is my junior year I got injured and so for me I actually was a blessing because I was able to focus on even though I wasn't able to run I got really good pool workouts in that Mm. you know I put full trust in my coach that you know he knows how to get me back on this track so pool workouts and some weightlifting things that I was able to do to gain that strength and so when I came back I was actually in better shape than I thought I would be yeah. Um, and like I said, I had a great outdoor season after that injury, undefeated. And then it came until to nationals. And we have two rounds. The first round, you know, I'm ahead, I'm in the lead. And then it comes to the eighth hurdle and I fall on my face. Mm-hmm. Like I just fall. And I get up and I finish the race. But obviously I took last. Um, it wasn't good enough for me to move on. And, you know, all my competitors, everyone was so great. Like they were just hugging me and they, you could tell they felt for me. And I was like, mm. just crying. I was like, my season's over. Yeah. And then my coach was like, no, Georgian, like, do you want to forget about this moment? I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, you go and make that Olympic team. And I promise you, like, I promise you forget about this moment and how you feel. And I, in my head, I'm like, is this man crazy? Like, I didn't, I wasn't thinking Olympics that year. I was thinking 2016, you know? Yeah. And so I'm looking at myself, I'm like, coach, I'm, you know, I'm like this little tiny girl. I'm like, you know, skinny, kind of skin and bones. I hadn't really <laughs> developed too much yet. And yeah. I was like, I don't look like those girls that I see on TV in the Olympics. Like, no. Um, but I put trust in him. He's never set me up for failure, you know? And he's like, I'm telling you, Georgie, like, let's get back to work. Let's get back to Tucson. Let's train and get ready for those Olympic trials. So long story short, you know, Olympic trials come and all I'm thinking, I'm just, tunnel vision to the Olympics. And I'm just like, all right, I got to just place top three in this final. Like I just got to make it to the final place top three. Mm-hmm. Well, I make it to the final, I place second. Um, and I punched my ticket to London and it was such a, a great thing because for me, I had only been focusing on a national title and I knew that if I won that national title, I wasn't concerned about the Olympics. You know, I would have been pretty content with that year and kind of just wanted to, you know, have a summer break and come back the next year. So really it made me so hungry to want to come back and um, just, (laughs) you know, come back and make a name for myself. Like, no, no, no. You thought I was done. Well, I'm not done yet. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. 
And you talked about a little about comparison and how you even mentioned it there. Like, I don't look like those girls. I can't do that. How did you kind of um, get over that comparison? Because I truly do think that it's very hard to not kind of want to compete with other people and not compare yourself to other people. But I feel like people achieve the most when they just compete with themselves and try to be their best self. So how did you kind of get over that comparison and and how do you still maybe even deal with that today? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Brittany. Like it's, like I said, it's so detrimental to look at other people and their successes or how they look or whatever, or their times. Mm -hmm. One thing my coach told me was, Georgian, um, people run races, names don't. Because I get so caught up in like the name of who they are, what they have accomplished. Mm, So when I go to the race, I'm like, oh, in my head, I already lost because I was like, well, they're going to win. But little did I know, like I, you know, it's a race. They hold a race for a reason. Um, And if they were already going to win, they would have just given them a medal, you know? So I was just like, yeah, I, I think for me, in order to not compare myself to other people, I constantly, constantly look at what I've done. I look at the training sessions I've done and I'm like, wow, I did that. You know, I look at the mm-hmm. hardest training sessions I can think of, um, like hill workouts or repeat 300s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I did that workout. And that was so hard, but I came on top. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't fail in that workout. I crushed that workout. I'm strong, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I do time trials in like the five or the six or a 300 time trial, whatever my coach has me do, I look back at those and I'm like, wow, that's fast. I did that. You know, I did that myself. So I guess what I'm saying is just looking at myself for the motivation, looking at myself as for that confidence booster, because I mean, it's not like I'm making up these times that I ran. It's like, well, I did that in practice, you know, and um, those times that my friends were out and, you know, I sacrificed hanging out with my friends to, you know, stay at home to get good sleep and have a really hard workout the next day. And I did that. So I'm prepared. And so I think just constantly looking at yourself for that reassurance and that motivation is huge. And so many times we look at people and their appearance and we judge that because like, wow, she has, you know, for me, I was always really, really skinny growing up. Mm -hmm. And, um, I look at girls with muscles and like, wow, they have to be stronger than me. (laughs) But like my coach said, he's like, Georgie, you're kind of like a small car with a big engine. You know, Hmm. he's like, you have a small frame, but you are strong. And I'm like, Oh, you're right, coach. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just, I kind of almost black out when I get to races, I kind of just focus on myself. Sometimes I don't even know who's in my race because I'm so just tunnel vision on my lane, my hurdles and myself. and um, run my own race. And because I can't control those girls, whatever they run, how does that affect me? It doesn't affect me. You know, if anything, if they run fast, that helps me run faster. (laughs) So why would I not want that? Why would I not want to be with some of the best girls? Like when people said that, like at USA's or Diamond League races, they're like, how does it feel to race like the best in the world? I'm like, awesome. Because (laughs) obviously I have a lane there. So you know, speaking to like younger people too, it's like, if you have a lane on the track, you deserve to be there because you have a lane on that track or wherever it's at, or if you're on the field and you're playing a really good team, well, you know what, you're on the field too. You have a chance and that's all you need is an opportunity. And you take advantage of those opportunities when you're given them. Yeah. That's so, so, that's so true. It's when you play with better players or better runners, you know, 
they push you to a level you almost didn't think you had in you, but it's like, wow, I can do this, you know? So my mom would always say this to me and I would get nervous. She's like, they didn't pull your name out of a hat. Like you deserved (laughs) this. So it's, it's exactly, it's good to remember that. Like you said, you, you earned it and just, yeah. Yeah. I think we look at other people and we put them on this pedestal when we don't give, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for Mm -hmm. what we do and who we are. You know, we often look at these other people as if they're superhuman and they're not, they're, they're people, you know, they're, yeah, we step to the line the same. I mean, we're, (laughs) we're all (laughs) people. It's not like they're anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we just, we undermine who we are um, and what we've done. So you actually mentioned how, you know, the sacrifices that you've had to make throughout the years to get where you are. Um, you mentioned kind of going out and having to kind of sacrifice some of those nights just to be able to get sleep and work out in the morning. Do you think, yeah. sometimes I go back and forth on this, um, do you think there needs to be a balance between that and kind of how did you deal with that throughout college and then now? Yeah, I definitely think there has to be a balance. Like there was times where I'm like, you know, I used to be so strict, like, oh, I can't have a burger. Like, <laughs> no, I have to have my chicken or fish. And like, that's what I need to do. Yeah. And then it's, it was actually, I, sorry, I talk a lot about my coach because he's, he's like a dad to me. No, but, um, it's perfect. He, he would always tell me, he's like, Georgie, have that burger. What are you, like, no, you deserve it. Like, have a burger, go and have fun with your friends, but, you know, understand what you have the next day or understand, um, are you, you know, what you're doing, is it going to, don't ask yourself, is it going to hurt you? Ask yourself, is it going to help me? Hmm. Sometimes it's okay. Go to a late movie with your friends. You don't have to always, you know, be so strict with yourself, be, be easy on yourself. And so Hmm. I definitely think there's a balance. And that's why, like I said, I love chocolate. I love (laughs) cupcakes and I love cake a lot. And, um, when I want it, I'll pretty much have it, you know, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not every night stuffing my face with a whole cake, you know, but my meals are healthy. I'm getting good nutrients in. I'm hydrating. If I want cake or I want a Snickers bar, I'm (laughs) probably going to have it because I want it. And I I think that's okay. Um, and I, to balance that, I, I really surrounded myself with people that knew my goals. You know, sometimes you have those people who don't understand if, if you're trying to make an Olympic team, and your friend wants to go out partying all the time and doesn't understand your goals and doesn't appreciate them or or doesn't support you, then maybe you should, you know, rethink certain relationships too. Because my closest friends, the people who really love me, who support me, they, you know, they're like, Georgian, you go and eat your fish and everything. We can do something another time when you're out of season. We can go do this. Yeah. Or we find other fun things to do. It's like, hey, let's just go to dinner. Let's go do something fun. Let's get out of the house. Let's go to a movie. Let's yeah. go shopping. Let's go do something, you know? Mm. And they're supportive of me and I'm supportive of, you know, of them. And I think that's that's kind of what I did. I just surrounded myself with great relationships and great people. Yeah. And um, they understood. They understood I had practice at 5 a.m. And I had to go to bed at 9, you yeah. know? Um, and that, they would never hold that against me. Totally. And so, yeah. you know, that helps. (laughs) I know. I found that sometimes, you know, if it can be lonely, if you don't have the same goals as people you're surrounding yourself with, or the people don't understand what kind of your goals are, like you don't, they don't understand, you know, that you have to have your chicken and fish at night or, you know, go to bed at 10 o'clock, nine o'clock kind of thing. So 
I think that's <laughs> such a good point about really surrounding yourself with people that do understand the end goal and why you're doing it and then balance that out with like you said not necessarily partying but going out and doing fun things and having those great relationships that's definitely important I agree yeah and if anything I you know, I got lucky with friends who thought it was really cool. They were like, no, that's cool. Can I come to your practice? I'm like, heck yeah. Like, come to my practice. That's, that's so awesome. cool. Like, I want you to. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, in college, I know you deal- dealt with, um, like, all the injuries and all that stuff. And um, wanting to quit, do you still um, struggle with kind of just day-to-day getting up and and working so hard? Because, like you said, doing those hill sprints those 300 repeats all that stuff it can be hard to mentally wake up and be like okay at some point today I'm gonna be bent over kind of dying sort of thing exactly (laughs) how how do you kind of work through that and and what motivates you now yeah so you know a couple years ago was when I wanted to quit and didn't have to do with injury it was weird I was actually in the best shape of my life but I was just like I put this immense amount of pressure on myself like I can't let my sponsors down I can't let my family down like and I just I was it played a toll on me I hated going to practice I told coach I was like you know what I just can't come to practice today and he we'd have to have meetings but then that's when I started seeing a psychologist who has really really helped me see the light of you know of things and show me that I actually really love this and so for me you know, when there's days that I know are going to just be so hard and they're going to challenge me mentally, physically in every way possible. I look at them like, wow, you know what? This is, I look at it as a, as a, as a challenge and not a threat. So I look at these workouts and like, wow, this is a challenge. It's a challenge for me to get better. (laughs) This is a great opportunity for me to get stronger and better to get closer to my goal instead of, a threat, like, oh gosh, I'm afraid of it. Why why be afraid of it? Pain is temporary. Hmm. You know, it's, it's not fun in the moment, but it's temporary. And when you're done, you feel so great. Cause you're like, like what we were talking about earlier, you know, you do a workout and you're like, how did I do that? I didn't (laughs) think I was possible. You know, it was possible. My coach would give me repeat 300s and you know, we might have 10 of them. And after five, I'm like in my head, I'm telling myself, Oh no, this is impossible. I can't do five more. (laughs) Somehow I do five more at the same pace. And it's crazy because your mind will, you know, will give up far before your body's ready to give up. So if you can just tell yourself in those moments, those voices are so loud in those moments. Those voices are going to tell you you're tired. You can't do this. You're not strong enough. You should just stop. And you start to give yourself these excuses. But if you can shut that voice up (laughs) Mm -hmm. and say, be quiet or even say it out loud. You know, I look crazy sometimes because I'm like, no, stop. And be like, who are you talking to? I'm like, myself. No <laughs> way. I love that. I, yeah, I'll like shut that voice up. And I'm like, no, my body, I'm strong. And I remind myself of those things. Like, I'm strong. I'm fit. My coach would never set me up for failure. Never. If he doesn't think I could do this, he would not give it to me. Mm-hmm. And I remind myself of that in those moments. And when I finish it, I'm like, wow. Like, I did that. I did that all myself. And it's the best feeling ever. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it's just every day, like building those small little victories up, really. I think that's what gives you confidence over time is like getting through the workout on one day. It's like awesome. But then getting through a workout and all those workouts in a month or in a year. And then it's all that confidence built up and you're like, okay, I can do anything. It's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, Bernie, that's so funny because that's exactly it takes. It takes so much time and 
we as athletes, especially we're so impatient. We want things now. We mm-hmm. want to be great now. We want everything to come together now. Yeah. But if we have to remember that and, and praise ourselves for small victories, you know, yeah. pat yourself on the back for small victories. Like, you know, this weekend I got second. It wasn't what I wanted, but wow, I kept my stride pattern up until hurdle nine and all year for some odd reason, I hadn't been doing that. So mm. I was like, that is a victory in itself, oh, yeah. you know, and you gotta, you have to see, you know, it's hard to see the growth that we're making because it's so small every day. Yeah. But you know, like you said, in a year, it's like you, you make so much growth and you just have to sit down and, you know, kind of look at that and, and remind yourself of that because you're growing. You're not the same person you were last year or the year before or two years ago. Like you're someone different, but you've, you know, you have to use those failures or successes or whatever, and they help shape you if you let them. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. <laughs> well, you definitely have an awesome story and it's so cool to see you get through um, a harder childhood and then through college and um, the injuries and all that stuff. And it's totally inspiring. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And I just have two last questions I always ask. Um, okay. My first one is that if you could go back to the very beginning, maybe high school when you started track, what are some things, maybe three things that you would tell yourself at that time um, with all that you know now? You know, that's so, yeah, that's such a good question. Um, to go back, I would always, I would tell myself, Georgian, like, <laughs> it's never life or death, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. And I would tell myself to have fun. You know, there's, it goes by so fast and everyone says that and it seems so cliche like time goes by so fast but it really does and those moments you can't get those moments back you can't get opportunities back and I would just tell myself to seize every opportunity because you can't fail if you go out there and you do your very best and you do the best that you can do at that time you can't fail you know you can only you can only if anything surprise yourself of you know a fast time or whatever that is um And I would tell myself too that, um, like, yeah, you know, in those moments where you get nervous and it's it's frustrating and you want to quit because you're scared, um, those usually mean that you really, really care. So back then I look at those emotions as, oh, this is a bad thing. Why do I feel this way? But really it was such a good thing because it meant like, I really care about this and I'm excited and I want to see what I can do. And those, those feelings, those emotions are so normal. you know, you think you're so alone sometimes. And, um, when you get nervous, but really everyone feels that way, even at this level, you know, Mm -hmm. and people are like, do you ever get nervous anymore? I mean, you've been to the Olympics. I'm like, I will get nervous for a home meet. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm nervous all the time because I care and I want to do well. So I would just tell myself really have fun and enjoy the moments because they go by so fast. (laughs) Definitely. That's such good advice. And it's so easy to say looking back maybe and so hard to do in the moment. But if you can just remember that each moment, like, okay, I'm going out, I'm going to do my best. And at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy it because this is what I love to do. Exactly. Yeah. Just go back to why you're doing it. Like, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah. It's because you love it or you, you know, you do it for, you know, whatever reason. You just always go back to your why. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So my last question um, is, if you never had track in your life, never had sports, how would you want to be defined by 
um, by your loved ones, the people closest to you, what are some things, what is the legacy that you want to leave? Yeah, I think my biggest thing is um, that I was always kind, you know, whether things didn't go my way, um, whether I was at the top of the world and, you know, whatever it was, I was always kind. And I always remembered who was there for me and supported me and helped me. Um, that's a huge thing for me. I always, I want everyone, it doesn't matter. Like I try really hard to always get back to like my DMs or mm -hmm. tweets or anything. Cause I want people to know like your message, you took the time to write me. That means a lot to me. Yeah. And so I, at the end of the day, whether I've gone to the Olympics or I'm the world record holder or whatever it is, I'm just the person and there's no reason for me not to be kind to everyone. So I, I would love, you know, for people, whether it was track, whatever, everyone always say like, wow, you know, that girl was always so kind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's kind of what first comes to mind. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a great legacy to leave. And it's so easy. I've, I've said this before, but it's easy for people with a bigger platform to, and not not being mean or anything, them personally trying to be mean, but it's yeah. it, it's probably easier for them to want to stay a little more personal or maybe not respond. And I think it means so much to people just, you know, whether things go your way or not to try to, you know, be the best that you can be. And I think that's something I need to work on and probably a lot of people out there feel the same way. So, they, Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, like, you know like I was saying earlier, some of the, like, I have a lot of high school athletes, like ask me questions and I want them to know, like, they're not alone. Like I, everything you've been through, I've probably been through the mm -hmm. injuries. Like, you know, I wasn't great in height. Like I wasn't, you know, this great when I was six years old and I was just this, you know, great hurdler. Mm -hmm. I've been through so much and been through struggles. I wanted to quit like, and, you know, and I just want everyone, you know, who reaches out to me to know, like, you're not alone. Anything you're going through, I've probably been through it and I can relate. And, you know, it's normal. So, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing it here on the podcast. And I enjoyed having you and thanks so much for your time and everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. I really appreciate it.